This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior god. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. So have you ever been in a bad situation and you just so happen to be rescued from that situation? I've got a silly one, but I was not rescued. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I needed to be rescued. And here's what happened. I was serving as a youth ministry intern. And that was your favorite job you ever had? Uh, (laughs) Some might say. If any of the youth are listening to this, yes. (laughs) Yes, 100%. If you are listening, yes, that was my favorite job I ever had, and I wish I could be a youth intern forever. Also, it's a hard job. (laughs) Youth ministry is very difficult, and obviously I have the utmost respect for any and all youth pastors out there. It's just a tough job, man, because like you're not only fighting to teach and counsel accurately, but you're also fighting to like keep their attention while you're teaching and you have to like keep a serious face when you're counseling someone like the girl that I've been dating for two hours broke up with me and I don't know what to do. It's like, bro, come on. Like, it's so, you're like but you have to take it seriously. Like, yes, man, I know. I can't imagine the pain that you're going through, brother. Um, but anyway, shout out to the youth ministers out there. Shout out to youth pastors. And so here's what happened. So we were doing this. It was VBS. We were doing this big camp and I was like in charge of the VBS for this church that I was a youth intern for. And we were doing things. Everything was going great. And then I messed up. It was nothing that crazy or bad. (laughs) But I put a student in an awkward situation just that they didn't enjoy. It wasn't like like an inappropriately awkward. It was just like an actually awkward situation. I'm sure you've all seen one. But this this student really didn't like it. And it was my fault. I I did not need to put them in that situation. We were doing like this skit, this acting thing. And it was just awkward. It fell flat. It was terrible. This student... Complained immediately to their parents, rightfully so. It was my fault. I should not have put them in that situation. Their parent was very angry, okay? Parent was very angry that the youth department or whatever would put their child in this awkward play, this awkward situation. It was kind of an on-the-spot thing. And so I'll never forget, we were closing up for the day. We were leaving. I was walking out with the lead youth pastor. All right, so imagine the dynamic here, right? I'm just a youth intern. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> And yet, I've, I've tried to run this event, and I think that things have gone relatively well. This is definitely a, a decent hiccup, but other than that, it's been great. And so this youth pastor, the lead youth pastor, it's like, hey, this is your job, guy, all right? This is your job. And uh, this, <laughs> this angry mom, the mom of the student drives by us as we're walking out of the church building, and she points in our direction and then brings her hand back to her head with, like, the call me sign, Okay. And she does it like three or four times in a very angry point. Like if you ever seen like a New Yorker point, like, hey, I'm going in there. Like I'm driving my car here. You don't, you don't move. Like New Yorkers are crazy when they cut people off and they point. I'm moving my car in this direction and you need to let me do it. That's what it was like. She was pointing angrily and then brought the hand back for the call me. Pointing angrily, brought it back to call me. In that moment, fam, I needed a savior. And I looked to the youth pastor, the full-time youth pastor, his job, in my opinion, this is your deal, guy. And I look at him and I say, I say, man, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> because I'm hoping that this savior is going to step in and say, hey, you're the intern. I'm the full-time guy. Don't worry about it. I'll handle it. <laughs> Instead, Uh-oh. he looks at me and he says, because remember, I looked at him and I was like, I wonder what that was about in a real nervous tone. And he just takes a look at me and says, I think she wants you to call her. <laughs> And I was so mortified and I went home and called her and rightfully got told to do (laughs) push-ups in military speak. But it was, I'll never forget that moment where I was like so clear. I was like, I'm in trouble. 
And I had this one out, this one shot at maybe this guy stepping in and saying, no, 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 I'll take that hit for you, my brother. And he was like, bro, good luck. He let you take the hit. <laughs> he let me take the hit. I did not get rescued from that bad situation. Unlike your youth pastor. <laughs> mm, come on. <laughs> Jesus is a different story. Preach it. That'll preach somebody. My example is a little bit different than yours, Connor. Um, I was doing this army crawl and... It was like my first week of basic training. It was crazy. Like people yelling all the time and whatnot. I had to do it like at least 10 times the same obstacle just because the drill sergeant felt like it. You know how those things happen, right? Classic. And then all of a sudden he started beating us up, like literally, physically. Like not with his words. Kicking, no. Kicking, punching, and literally beating us up. Like That's old school, bro. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Couldn't do that anymore in the United States, at least. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to do that anyway, but he did. And thankfully, a lieutenant came and saved us from that situation. LT, saving yeah. the day. Come on, I need a hero, baby. LT rolling up. Yeah, that's wild, man. The, the, the funny thing with like the United States military is that everyone who has already gone through basic training looks at like the people about to go in and be like oh you're gonna have such an easy time like back in my day it was so hard back in my day they beat us up back in my day they shot us in the face and then told us to figure it out you know like the stories always just get crazy but in actuality back in the day they did used to get wailed on just beat up and I mean, I don't know why. I don't. That's what there toughness, wasn't, bro. There wasn't tough. any any explanation. Like, <laughs> like you weren't failing. You, know, like, you weren't right. upset. No. Like you were. He was having it's a like, bad day, man. He was it was just literally day. like yeah. one of the first couple weeks in the basic training. I don't. I don't know. There was like no reason why, you know. But I don't know. He, he just a, wanted to. I don't know. He had an argument with his wife before he came out I there. Like, you stupid privates. <laughs> it's all your fault. Recruits. <laughs> stupid recruits. <laughs> But we all need heroes. Yes. We definitely do. We yes. all need heroes. Thankfully, <laughs> we have a hero and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, Amen. somebody. Amen. And I've talked about this before. Maybe we've talked about this on podcast or not. But I think that our natural proclivity or desire towards superhero stories are actually a symptom or an expression of the reality of the biblical story. The reality that we all feel some brokenness. We all feel the brokenness of this, of this world. We all feel the brokenness within ourselves. And we all naturally long for a hero. And that actual real world spiritual hero is Jesus Christ. He provides a way for us to find wholeness and life abundant and eternal. And yet it's not a bad thing to be attracted to superhero stories like the Marvel movies or, you know, a famous athlete as like a hero or something like that. Like those are good and fine things, but they ultimately point us to the desire for a hero that we have that is that is satisfied in Christ. Yeah. So this is our uh, basic military training series. We're going back to the basics on a lot of topics that are seemingly understood, but maybe sometimes need to be looked at with a new perspective and a deeper understanding. Last week we talked about, actually for the past two weeks, we were talking about sin and diving deeper into that. So today we're talking about the solution to sin, which is salvation. Yeah. Good word. Only through Christ, right? Come on, son. There's no other way. There's no other way. Mm -hmm. Only through Christ. And we touched on this at the end of of last week, right? This, um, what Paul writes. Just a little teaser. A little teaser. A little (laughs) appetizer of, uh, of Romans where, where Christ has paid the price for our sin. Though we do sin by refusing to submit to God's design for flourishing and acting out an affront to the holiness of God, we do both of those things. Yet, scandalously, God still loves us, and God still came 
to earth, took on flesh as Jesus Christ died on the cross, took the punishment that we deserve for our sin, for my sin, rose from the grave victorious, and promises to one day come again and restore all things. So we are praising God for Christ, and we are reflecting upon how special it is, as you said, Elizabeth, as we're reflecting upon some of these basic foundational truths, how special salvation is, how special it is that Christ accomplished on our behalf. Yeah, special is a really good word. Like, I do feel special. How is that even possible, right? And when we stop to think about it, how is it even possible for God to love us so much, so much, to take our sin and put it upon himself, die, conquer death, just to save us? Wow. It's, I cannot do anything else but stand in awe. And that's the proper response, bro. Mm -hmm. That's the proper response as we try to understand God's love. At some level, we'll never fully understand the gospel. And that shocks Christians when you say that. Hey, I don't understand the gospel because we can't. We can't fully grasp and understand what it what it's like for a holy, perfect God to take the place of a wretched sinner like me. For a holy God to become sin so that I might become the righteousness of God, right? Praise God for God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God for Christ. It's all is the proper response. I think we've talked about this maybe before on, on separate podcasts, but I think it's always good to bring this back up. How do we get get saved, for lack of better words? That's a great okay. question. Be, yeah. Because then I think the natural answer is, well, be a good person, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a lot of our natural reactions is, well, if I'm going to be saved, if I'm going to go to heaven, I need to be a good person. I need to do good works, do mm-hmm. good things. And the, the whole point of the past two podcasts was to prove, no. <laughs> No, you can't. You can't do enough good things because God is holy, holy, holy. And on our own, we will never be holy. You might be the best person in the world. When when people will come to me or when I'm counseling people and they say like, man, I'm I'm just, I'm a good person. I feel like I have to be a good person. I won't ever fight them on that. I'll say, you probably are. I'll give that to you. You are a good person. But according to whose standard Hmm. and what's good enough? Where's the threshold to get into heaven? Where's Where does the scale tip, right? Oh, you've done just enough good or you need to do a couple more good things. You haven't done quite enough good things. You're close. Where does the scale tip? Like according to whose standard are you good? The standard is perfection. The standard is righteousness and holiness because that's who God is. So for us to be saved, we need to only believe in what Christ has done. Believe in who Jesus Christ is. Believe that he is the son of God incarnate. He came to earth, took on flesh as Jesus Christ. And we simply need to believe. That's it. That's it. It's really simple. It's really simple. It's not It's not easy. Belief is not an easy thing. And a lot of theologians of old have, have described it as, as faith-seeking understanding. Saying, I have, God, I have faith. I believe in you. Now help me understand because <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how you could love me. I don't understand this Bible passage, but I'm having faith that you are who you say you are. And that's all you have to do to be saved. So Romans 10, 9 through 10, the Apostle Paul just communicates the simplicity and beauty of this reality. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So we are justified by faith. Can you read the first part of the the first verse again? Yep. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right. The first part says, if you believe that Jesus is your Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't say that enough. Sometimes we do say, oh, please accept Christ into your heart just so you can be saved. We have to understand that Jesus is not just our Savior. We're not here just to be saved. Salvation is not our end goal. Our prize 
is actually to be able to have an eternal life where we can worship this wonderful God that loves us so much. And we should understand that our invitation, like we talked on the past couple of weeks, is to be obedient to God because the Lord invites us to participate in his kingdom. I heard it said once that the purpose of salvation is not heaven itself, but the point of salvation is to have an eternal relationship with Christ, and heaven is a benefit of that relationship. Tomorrow, your point, like, um, we're not after fire insurance, right? <laughs> we're, not, we're not in response to hearing about the doctrine of hell, the reality of hell. We're not looking for a ticket out of that, and that's how a lot of people treat it. Accept Christ into your heart. Just say those magic words and you'll be good to go. Here's your fire insurance. You're good to go, son, on your way. And that's disrespectful. <laughs> that's disrespectful to the Lord and that's not salvation because the invitation, to your point, what you said, the invitation of God is to enjoy God forever. And I love what, what you said as well, Elizabeth, like a question that is helpful to ask people sometimes is if you could go to heaven and Jesus wasn't there, would you still want to go? Hmm. If the answer is yes, then you're off. You don't understand. Christ is the prize. Heaven, paradise is not the prize. The end of grief and suffering in and of itself. World peace is not the prize in and of itself. Christ is the prize. That only in the presence of Christ can we be eternally satisfied. Only in the presence of Christ can we find everlasting joy. Because Jesus himself is our highest aim. Jesus himself is our greatest good because he's our Lord. And so we need to, yes, believe in him and through that faith, we are justified. Through that faith, we are saved. Then we have to understand that Christ is now our Lord. So our whole allegiance is shifted from ourselves as the ruler of my world, the maker of my decisions, the builder of my own empire. That dies. That ends. And my allegiance shifts to Christ as my Lord. Christ as my king. Christ as the one who makes my decisions. Christ as the one whose kingdom I now am a part of, whose family I am now a part of. So it's, it's yes, it's simple. We just need to believe in Jesus and be saved because of Christ. And also, the call to follow Christ is one to die. Die to yourself. Die to your flesh. Die to your old way of life and shift your allegiance to this new way of life in a new kingdom under the reign and rule of King Jesus. Amen. I think it was Paul that expressed that in a really nice way. So I don't live for myself, but Christ lives in me. I think it was Paul, right? That's Galatians 2.20, which says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think that says a lot. I think that is actually a beautiful way to explain that we're called and we're invited to reflect Christ's holiness through our actions, through our lives, and everything we do to glorify God. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.